Hey everybody, Shane Presley here, Rock Paper Podcast. Thank you so much for checking out another brand new episode. I appreciate all your continued support over these years. Uh, hanging out today with Distant Eyes. Had a lot of fun linking up with these guys. We uh, recorded this episode in Alton, Illinois at the Milton Schoolhouse. I, uh, I learned a little bit about it and I learned that uh, there might be... Some other guests uh, present in that building. I don't know, but uh, there was definitely some weird stuff happening on the recording, and I left it all in for you to hear. There's uh, some weird feedback happening in a couple of moments. So uh, anyway, hope you enjoyed this episode. Do have uh, do have a lot of fun talking to these guys, getting to know a little bit more about them and their brand new record, and um, you can hear it all. About it on today's episode, be sure to get plugged in with Distant Eyes on your Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and uh, find them on Bandcamp, and uh, you can come see them live on September 10th at the Conservatory in Alton, Illinois. Do want to remind you, as always, Rock Paper Podcast is brought to you by Roughneck Beard Company and American Rambler, located right here in St. Louis, Missouri, over in the Maplewood area. On Manchester, you can stop by the shop or shop 24-7 at roughneckbeardcompany.com. Roughneck Beard Company is proud to present a brand new Roughneck Light. Finally, a lightweight beard oil that won't weigh you down in the hot summer months. Roughneck Light is formulated to have all the same benefits as our signature line with only half the weight. And it's got a cool, refreshing scent as well. Grab a bottle of Roughneck Light today at roughneckbeardcompany.com. Again, you can find all your beard oils, beard balms, your junk powder, combs, soaps, whatever you might need to take care of that beard and mustache. You can find it at roughneckbeardcompany.com. And use my code RPP15 for an exclusive 15% off your purchase. And a big thank you again to Friendship Brewing Company in Wentzville, Missouri. For their continued support, you can come by anytime during the week and grab some uh, delicious food and over 25 rotating taps for all your craft beer needs and uh, great live music happening on the weekend. Uh, We got uh, this weekend, Friday, August 26th, Jeff Waltschauser. And then uh, he'll be playing 6 to 8. And then after that, uh, one of my dear friends, Dustin Arbuckle and the Damn Nations return to uh, the area. And they play 8 to 10 at Friendship Brewing Company on Friday night. Saturday, August 27th, Denver Wade Trent. And on Sunday, August 28th, you get Double Dose. Denver Wade Trent again returns out there Sunday. So come on out this weekend and catch some great live tunes and support local business. Again, Friendship Brewing Company in Winsville, Missouri. Cold beers and delicious food and good tunes. What all? What more do you need? they got a beautiful patio out there. Come on out and have a good time with them. All right, everybody, that is it for me. If you need anything, you can always find me at rockpaperpodcast.com. Hit me up on the socials. Feel free to email me at rockpaperpodcast at gmail and uh if you want to help support this show a great way to do that would be uh 
buying a t-shirt. I have a bunch of the uh, boombox t-shirts available that so uh, if you want me to mail you one of those or we can link up and I can hand deliver it. I would love to get that to you. Uh, so f- thank you to all those that have already bought shirts and stickers and everything else to help keep this show going. Uh, it truly means the world to me. All right, with that out of the way, sit back, relax, and enjoy a brand new episode with Distant Eyes. Um, the podcast is kind of like a, it's like a radio show that's not on the radio. It's on, it's on the internet. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> that's also like my mom. Uh, it makes it sound more confusing, doesn't it? Uh, it sounds like this. What are we going to say? We're, we're Distant Eyes. Hi, we're Distant Eyes. Right. Welcome to Rock Paper Podcast. Hi, we're Distant Eyes. And you're listening Hi, to Rock. we're distant eyes. He's already struggling. Yeah. Hi, we're read. distant eyes. You want me to write it for you? No. I was being serious. Hi, we're distant, distant eyes. And you're listening to Rock. Yeah, I got it. Rock, okay. Hi, babe. we're distant eyes, and you're listening to. Okay. Yeah, got it. One will do. All right. Okay. <clears throat> Three, two, one. Hi, Hi we're distant eyes, and you're listening to Rock Paper Podcast. Oh uh-huh. 
everybody. Shane Presley here, Rock Paper Podcast, coming to you from St. Louis, Missouri, hanging out in Alton, Illinois, with distant eyes. Welcome to the show, guys. Sorry, man. Hey, hi there. This is uh, this is very cool. I'm uh, glad to be back over here. It's been uh, a little bit now since I've been in Alton, but this is a uh, it's always a fun trip over here and get to meet some. Some people making noise in this town, and uh, there's a lot of really cool things going on in Alton. So it's uh, it's fun to make these uh, this journey over here and document some of this. But uh, I guess before we get going too far, you guys want to properly introduce yourselves for for everybody. Sure. That sounds wonderful. My name is Jake Marine. I play bass in Distant Eyes. Uh, I'm Bradley Rutherford, and the vocalist. Brett Cutter. I play the guitar. Me and Whitmore. I play the drums. Yeah, man. Let's uh, and what uh, what, let's give a shout out. Where where were we recording? Oh, we were here at Mavis Coffee in Alton, Illinois. Yeah, in the wonderful Milton Schoolhouse. Uh, yeah. This is uh, I've been in this building once <laughs> before, um, but uh, I haven't been in the coffee shop. So it's uh, this is very nice. So big sh- thanks to them letting us hang out, and uh, we are. I'm getting some kind of feedback i don't know if it's somebody's phone or something something's picking up mm. are we throw them an airplane there boys? Uh, yeah maybe it's the ghost yeah it could be that too <clears throat> uh yeah i don't know sometimes all these uh with all these mics and things start picking up weird things sometimes uh well cool all right i think i think we're good now maybe there's a little bit there little like static pops on it i can hear in my headphones uh, mm-hmm. um hopefully it's not picking up on the recording should be good i think uh all right uh well so yeah what milton schoolhouse she says the name yep that's where and you guys uh practice here right we do yeah yep and this uh us live here yeah <laughs> yep there's a little uh you guys are telling me that some of this uh some some things before we hit before we got going here i guess uh supposed to be some some spooky things i mean the whole the whole city of alton yeah allegedly pretty spooky but yeah this place has had some lore about it for for a long time and we've had our practice space here since what november 21 yep. so 20 <clears throat> 20 yeah, 20. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. ian and i have lived here for i guess about a year and a half now i think it's mostly chill but All right you never know yeah it's like even if it's not haunted it just feels weird walking around here because like we like i have an experience but like i know you guys have been walking through here and just ran into random people who are in the building for no reason that's facts. or oh, yeah. like we've been walking through the building and just like oh here's a clearly used mattress in this room we haven't been in or the last time we were in this room there wasn't a used mattress in mm-hmm. it like that's happened a couple times <laughs> someone like, also broke into this shit that did happen yeah, yeah. all right I think the scary part of the place isn't the the, the spirits, but the, the people around us. <laughs> yeah. I would yeah. say it's it's haunted, but it's haunted by the living. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's. I mean, obviously, uh, these these a lot of very old buildings, and uh, I was kind of telling you guys, I've been done a few different podcasts over there at uh, Limp uh, Brewery down in, yeah. in St. Louis, yeah. and that's a. Uh, another place that there's everybody's got stories about that building too and it's just like i've never had any anything firsthand but just like walking through there is just it is kind of an eerie thing and it's just like oh yeah um, the, the limp have you ever stayed at the limp no no yeah. so talking about like the the mansion yeah. when you stay there the staff leave at like 10 p.m or like midnight or something and the 
the, you just have the keys to the building. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like they give you a key, like your room key, I think, or something works the back door, but yeah, then you just have free reign to the whole building and there's no staff there overnight. So you're just, you're just in it. Like, yeah. you know, and you can walk around to the stable houses or you're not supposed to, but you can go down to the uh, basement where the banquet space is and go through all that stuff. Not that I would condone doing such a, a thing, of course, but, um, and yeah, so it's, there's a vibe there for sure. That's, yeah weird vibe here it's the funny thing about being in milton and like having them based here and like having the practice space here is that we used to practice underneath uh in the basement of old lighthouse sounds down on broadway before they moved and that was right behind brett and i's old apartment at front street and uh shout out front street shout uh, out. <laughs> uh but yeah i mean we would we had practice there one time and we had made a joke like in the early days of the band it's like oh yeah 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 this is gonna happen and you know who knows we're probably gonna end up in that damn bedroom and in milton like having practice and lo and behold like three years later we actually they live here and we actually do practice (laughs) in the exact room that we were talking about like it started out as a joke but yeah i spoke that into existence for sure i will say it doesn't matter how many times we walk back from the practice space into the apartment it, it's just creepy as hell it's like it reminds me of the gymnasium from the the game the last of us like if you ever play that it's like completely debilitated just crazy shit everywhere stuff you could get hurt walking it's on completely dark <clears throat> at night yes pitch black yeah just, and then you know it's above uh all the creepy shower rooms and everything that's still under there you want to go yeah. show you downstairs is it's intense <laughs> yeah i know we're really selling it that's right a, now yeah, we'll have to take this podcast mobile and go down there and <laughs> keep keep recording uh yeah I'm, i i mean i'm not in, nothing like quite like that but i do uh i work for the school district uh out in wentzville and one of our buildings uh it's called heritage and it's been there it's like the original like school i don't know exactly when they built it but it's like it's we it used to be two buildings it used to be like uh and then they made it like one after expansion and stuff, made it like one giant building but it used to be high school middle school and then there was like a little room that was like the elementary and then there was like just kind of uh but now it's all one elementary and then but anyway so they don't they have some obviously modernized stuff but like there's some things with the electric like when you if you turn off the hallway lights you don't have like the safety lights like every third (laughs) or fourth light on so it's like just pitch black (laughs) down a hall and like and one of the times i was working over there and i uh and like i said everything's just like pitch black and all you see is the red exit sign in the end of the hall and i'm like you you know walking along just my hand along the wall trying to feel where it turns at and stuff and it's just like but you couldn't you can't you know see your hand in front of your face at all and it's like it's uh so it's pretty wild it starts messing i mean like i said nothing's ever happened but it starts messing with your mind uh you know when you're in the dark and like that like yeah starts uh, getting spooky it's funny that you say that because there is like ian and i wrote a lyric about there was a time when we ian and i would try to walk from the apartment upstairs to the practice space without a flashlight and for a good substantial like a substantial period of time we did do that and i ended up writing a lyric that was uh eventually you don't need to see when you're always in the dark and it's funny that that just reminded me of that i don't know if it's a coincidence or not but there's (laughs) 
That's there's a lot and we a lot going on in there in those headphones. So I was trying to figure out what's uh, and that just started, so like it wasn't got worse. Maybe we better quit talking about him. <laughs> I mean, you don't want dirt to come out, Brett. Yeah. Hey, we don't talk about dirt. Well, you mentioned uh, the early days of the band, and let's uh, let's kind of take it back to the beginning. Uh, I'd like to learn a bit more about the group and uh, go off, Ian and Brett. Now it just stopped. Yeah, I mean, I guess the the best way to summarize it was everything kind of went south with a project Ian and I were working on and <clears throat> kind of presented to him, hey, you know, we should keep doing this. And, you know, we've got a lot of things that we, we were proud of that we wanted to see through and just so happened to kind of coincide with uh, Lighthouse Sounds opening up. And, you know, Alex over there has been a good buddy of ours for of mine for I mean, 15 years or something now okay. a really long time and you, you know they were obviously new business and so we kind of worked it out where ian and i could rent the basement there and it helped them and helped us and we were just kind of sitting down and like trying to figure out who we wanted to bring into the fold with us and oddly enough in some really bizarre way ian knew jacob from <clears throat> working with him what was the restaurant the kemal's or something we, yeah we used to work at kemal's st louis joint back and, when it was uh, downtown yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so that and jacob oddly enough i met from uh he had replied to a band that i was in like I, God, this is really it was 2009 time. it was yeah. a really long time he replied yeah. to a craigslist ad and, and then we just been friends ever since where all the cool people hang out um <laughs> 2009 at least <laughs> the, we didn't know any i mean i was like i don't know how old that was the time 2009 but doing math i was probably gonna say 21 perhaps <laughs> no you're 22 22 something like that but uh yeah jacob uh, just has remained a friend even though that band fizzled out and uh bradley I suggested bringing in just because I had been a big fan of what he was doing back in the day. And he came over and jammed and it was just kind of like, yeah, this is the guy we wanted, we want to have. And just kind of just instantly we were, we were almost more concerned with like the person kind of just being the right fit for us versus, you know, is this the, the best quote unquote, which I think he was the best pick for the band for all the reasons but you know we were really kind of first and foremost concerned with having people around us that we wanted to be around and wanted to be around us and just wanted to keep a really chill vibe with everybody and keep it friendly and fun yeah Um, i didn't think about it like at the time but when i think back on it now like because one of the things we always used to say or i guess we still say is that like because we had played together the three of us and like we had a few tunes cooking around um and we were trying to find somebody. And the thing that we always would joke about is like, oh, yeah, there was never really a conversation about Brad being the singer after you came to play. It was just like he came that. one night and then that was it. It was just like, OK, when the ne- when's the next time we're getting together? Oh, next week, whatever. Um, but I also thinking about it now, that was the exact same situation with me playing with you guys the first night. Like mm-hmm. I showed up to Lighthouse um, at the old building and we played in the live room for whatever reason. And then it was like, okay, cool. When's the next time we're hanging out? There was no like, ah, I don't know. We got a couple guys we're kicking around. Same thing with Brad. It was just like, oh yeah, this is our singer now. We found him. Like, yeah. it took us a while, but like, you know. Um, and so like, you know, that instantaneous just 
like because like anybody can sing i guess but like it was for i think for us a lot of it was just like in between songs like hanging out on the back porch and just like shooting the breeze like that felt so natural like part of it was of course like we've all sort of tangentially known each other one way or another but like it just always felt like we had been friends the first time we hung out Mm -hmm. and like we met brett at his old apartment in alton probably 2010 Oh, I was man. in a band called Go DJ Go at the time. I just had back surgery, and I was with my friends that knew him that I met in college. So they brought me up here and knocked on Brett's door at his apartment for this party. There's probably fucking 200 people there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They had, yeah. And the old apartment over there, it burned down. But Yeah, it was next door uh, to Jacoby's they art had, center. They had... Brett's apartment and then he would open his door and walk across the way and there'd be another apartment the doors are just wide open there's people everywhere so I like walked in and Brett introduced himself to me and told me that I was a huge fan of my band and that's probably honestly one of the first people that like really like like complimented me that was friendly but also like I was about to hang out with him all night long it's you know you get the passing like oh you you like love your band or you did really good like at this show but he's the first like I mean he was like gushing to me and I was kind of like I didn't know what to do at the time and even that night like I sat down as on his orange cab that he still has and we talked in his room and he was like you know we should get together and jam and this like you know and I was not going to jam in the state that I was in at that time. But, uh, I mean, shit, like, it was seven years later, he called me, I was at work, and I was like, what? I'd no, see, I, I saw you at Southwest. Yeah, I, you were I used sick. to work at the airport, and I couldn't talk. And he came up to me, and we were trying to talk, and I was like, man, I can't, I can't talk. Blah, blah, blah. And then, like, it had to have been, like, not even a year later yeah it was like it seems to happen with a lot of people it's like you talk about jamming with them and then it takes 10 years to actually get <laughs> right. the jam with them you know but i think the the time period for that the context there is is kind of critical for me and, and bradley's story because it's like back then at least within the, the circles of people i knew it was like you were playing like really heavy you know kind of hardcore you know metalcore or whatnot Definitely like that was <clears throat> that was the thing and i was like eh, this isn't really my thing and i don't want to i was in a grindcore band at that time and that but that, <laughs> that being like a, slapped a right? punk band yeah. so you know everybody mm-hmm. was in there in their shit with that and i i didn't play in a band for like five years and i was just like in my room fucking around with delay pedals pretty much and <laughs> brett is that meme that you see like you're just gonna stay yeah. home and write a lo-fi ep that's never gonna get released as brett yeah i've probably got a lot of albums i've just forgotten about over the years but it, it literally was like five years before i started playing a band again and then met ian and he was i think 18 and i was 26 or something we've just been playing together ever since Literally the night you texted me and was just like, hey, do you want to come jam sometime or whatever? Was the week I decided that I was going to drop out of college. Like that was the same Perfect. Week. Yeah. Because <laughs> I had finished my associate's degree and I went right into trying to do my bachelor's. Right. And I was getting super burnt out. So I finished my fall semester. And it was December. And you were just like, yeah, do you want to come jam? I know you're super busy with school or whatever. And I was just like... <laughs> funny you should say that actually yeah. Yeah. he, he called up. me at work and i was at the customer service table selling tickets at the airport <laughs> and he sent me an email with Loop. six demos and i we weren't supposed to do anything there like you can't have your phone out or anything i took that phone out and sat on that desk like this and listened to all six of those demos and from that moment on i was like i had not played a show in seven years and i was like 
I have to do whatever. Like, I don't care if I have to be the sweetest man in the world, like I'm gonna be in this band. And All it right. just, it worked out that way because I mean, I, I instantaneously became friends with Jacob and Ian. It felt like just as soon as like two or three times of being around them. And it just felt like it felt, it, I mean, it was meant to be for real. Yeah. Like I don't believe in a lot of that stuff, but if anything has been meant to be in my life, it's definitely been like us coming together and doing this. Yeah, man. That's very cool to hear. I, uh, I mean, that's, you know, it's obviously very important, you know, just, uh, being surrounded by good people. The hang is a lot more important, I think, than the music you make. I mean, obviously I think great music kind of come from you all like getting along and everything and, you know, wanting to be together. So, um, but you know, you hear all those stories of bands that just like, hate each other after a while, you know, and it's like yep. that kind of thing. So, well, this half uh, <clears throat> takes care of that. <laughs> I mean, we beef, but it's, you know, it's like brotherly beef. Yeah. We, we're never mad at each other. Sure. For real. Yeah. Okay, I, mean, I just got to the point in the band chat to where it's like, we would just be the most grueling, sinister people to each right. other. And then just like in 10 minutes, it's yeah. whatever. Yeah, sure. We have a tendency of doing that on days we have gigs. Like, I feel like we oh, almost yeah. broke up the day of our first gig. <laughs> oh, we right. did. We were yeah. in Little Mexico and you guys were beefing hard. Yeah. Oh, we were probably shithoused off those dollar money. I was, I was teaching a lesson at Guitar Center. I had to put my phone on mute. <laughs> and I came out from my lessons that day and I had like, 250 text messages and i was like what on earth could they possibly also for context this restaurant is gone it's 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 ian it's tony's now right it is this was this this place little mexico we we probably had every single band meeting ever in there but they had no exaggeration it it we thanked them on the liner notes of the record yes dead ass and literally just got to the point we'd walk in there and be like, no, no, we're not fucking with this. I recited but, lyrics to the, the waitress one night, just hammered, like started well, talking we, my lyrics of the song to her. And she just laughed at me, brought me another margarita. I, yeah, the, that was, I would, I would say uh, personal themes throughout the course of this sometimes have, have been uh, not ideal. But the, the dollar margarita era was... Truly, uh, sure. Truly special for sure. R.I.P. Little Mexico. Yeah, yeah, man. I miss that. Pour one out. Ah. Uh, well, I'll drink to Little Mexico. I will. Cheers, well. Little Mexico. Cheers, Little Mexico. <laughs> Shout out. Yeah, uh, yeah, man. I uh, I don't remember what I was gonna say, but like, um, uh, uh, I don't remember now. I don't know. Oh, well, something we were in the we were in the midst of talking about how it began. Yeah. So well, I was thinking like just like the the hang and stuff. I was somewhere in there. I was going to say something, but then I don't remember. It's probably, it probably was, was really super important. Uh, so uh, I'm sure it'll come back. We'll come back to that yeah. later. <laughs> I mean, after uh, after all of us getting together and like the the lineup being finalized, they had probably 10 or 11 instrumentals like just ready to go and like i said i ain't saying in seven years like i i write all the time like i love i mean like literature writing all that that's like that's why i'm here but uh i i just remember like joining and like shitting out some lyrics really fast (laughs) and like honestly i mean like dude when you're a vocalist and you're like trying out for a band like it i i look at it like this like I've never played an instrument in a band in my life, but like it, I feel like it's much more scarier to go into a room full of guys that you haven't been around like ever. 
like you know i know them like i have a rapport but like i have to go in and then i have to like yell my soul at you and sing to you about you know what i mean about you and like they didn't know me at the time and like as we like progress like obviously they know me now but like that's a lot to like put out on the table and like to this day it's still hard for me to like like write a new song and go in and sing it because it's like that's like coming straight from like my insides like right. it's i wish it was a guitar chord you know what i mean or a I progression would, and i would so much rather play bass than be emotionally vulnerable any day of the week yeah so. <laughs> yeah for sure uh, well put <laughs> yeah well you guys uh what was like uh when when this was all forming that original jam and stuff like and you said you had demos already prepared and uh but was uh was like this sound that became the record like w pretty close to what you had envisioned or did it kind of oh, yeah. evolve from there or was it i, I want to say the demos that we had with by the time that they had came into the fold ian and i had been, sat in that basement and, and just had countless hours to mm -hmm. sit there and, and jam on it i i think our demo process now is a lot better and, and less chaotic um i mean that was i mean i i want to say almost everything we've written has came from something off the cuff right you know like we get in the room and jam and try to capture that moment in something and but a lot of those songs i want to say were pretty pretty much it pretty much what went on the record mm -hmm. um i just feel like that's like you know initially it's like a some kind of idea like a, you know not not always, but you know, it's like, oh, what, you know, it's kind of like this band and this band or something like those, like this kind of conversation, like we want to do something, you know, like something like kind of what they do, but mixed with this or yeah. whatever, you know, and then it's like, and then ultimately becomes your own sound, but it's like, uh, so I just didn't know if like some of those conversations were, came into play as you were like pitching the idea of what, what Distant Eyes was going to be or, or if it was like stuck true to those original demos like hey this I is i will say this i remember getting the, like hearing the demos and hearing them at practice because obviously you know i'm not i some people could write 10 songs in one night that's not me like i i stew on everything like every word every line every rhyme everything's important to me so it takes me a very long time but i will say brett and i had a conversation uh the first night, actually, after I saw Ian's metal band, Devolve. Shout out, Devolve. Hey, shout but, out, um, Devolve. Yeah, I saw them and stayed at Front Street, and we went out and we cruised the next morning, and I was conflicted because there there's very ambient, like, very spacey, like, shoegazy parts of our album, but then it totally switches up, and then it's heavy. Mm -hmm. And, it, you know, and it's heavy, like, not in a chugging way. Like, there, it's just, like it just feels like you're falling down and it gets very big and I would be writing and like I had discussed like whether or not like am I going to scream and sing am I just going to sing am I going to scream over everything and I remember being in the car with Brett and I was like you know I feel like I'm going to fuck up this album because I feel like you know like I don't want to just get into this band and scream and sing and everyone think that we're just like you know some like 2007 like myspace band which we still get compared to but you know that's on you guys not fair me. play shout but, out myspace uh, so <laughs> but it was like that but i'll never forget being in the car with brett and brett said just think about your voice and think about your screaming as a distortion switch and if you absolutely have to turn it on for effect he was like i don't think that anybody will be mad at you doing so and after that conversation i 
I never second thought anything that when it came to like dynamics or screaming, singing, yeah. like I just, I do what feels right. And if the music calls for it, then that's what I do instead of just being in my head. Like, what do people want to hear? What do they want to hear? What am I going to do? So that conversation really made it that kind of like grease the wheels for me. So, yeah, that's a good way to put it though. Like, I mean, I like that you were able to, uh, do both very you know well yeah. uh you know it's like some a lot of times you have your clean singer and your scream singer mm-hmm. you know whatever you have two people doing that it's Good hard combat, man. Right, right. it's hard it really so, is hard um but yeah i was uh i was impressed uh you know listening and hearing you able to to do both uh oh, so thanks, well man. so yeah right. uh well let's talk about uh the record is available now and uh you guys put this out uh in 2020 uh, january 24th yeah. 2020 and uh what you said uh Pro- protovox yeah yeah and uh mentioning uh some of the heavier stuff i want to start with a song that really caught my ear and uh, i really like a lot and that's uh called pleasure to burn and mm-hmm. uh this one uh this one gets a little more aggressive and, mm-hmm. and heavier in in the sound so uh what comes to mind when you guys think about pleasure to burn is there I can't say. Yeah, <laughs> I want to say, but it, it's, it's no. I'm just, I'm just. Kidding. Wait, wait, the age of seventeen. Yeah, there's been a long. <laughs> there's been a long Ian, standing. Go, go smoke. Long, long standing <laughs> joke in the band that that's actually a Nikki sick or Nikki sick. I, I, I can't even think of it. Yeah, Stevie next. Getting this. the beginning of it reminds us of the age of seventeen. Yeah. And we do. I think even a few different times you've even introduced. Yeah, I it always, I live. almost always yeah. introduce it as that, depending on how I feel. When we play. <laughs> right. I think we should just play Edge of Seventeen, <laughs> yeah, and just get it out of the way. What I what comes to my mind when I think of that song is that song is about the first time that I didn't get what I wanted, and I was projecting, and instead of looking at the situation and taking the other person into account as what they want and who they are, I was purely thinking about myself and the fact that I was getting attention that like, I thought that I like deserved that relationship to be more than what it was. And that song is just literally me just venting about that as you'll come to realize if you listen to the album at all it's very outward the album is very very outward not like i'm not not looking in on myself at all like it was very angry about not understanding what my life had become because i'm from a town called lebanon in like a little bit like southeast of here and i probably had like I've had a bunch of friends over my life, but when I got out of high school, I probably had like four close friends and then went to college. I had 10 friends and then kind of cut those people off to come do this. And when I moved up here, it was just like, bam, music scene. Like there's 70 people I've never met. You know what I mean? And I'm trying to like figure out like, who do you trust? Like, who do you hang out with? Like who really like wants the best for you or who is just like, you're just the new thing, you know? And that is kind of it's a combination between that and specific situations but i think like you know it's that that song brings to mind me coping with a situation that i didn't understand thinking that 
everyone else was wrong in it without taking responsibility for the fact that I could have been a better person at that time. So that's yeah. what comes to my mind when I think of Pleasure to Burn. Yeah, man. Even throughout this record, a lot of different uh, 
you know, feelings and tones come, come to mind and like, just like, yeah, but I, I, I think personally I respond to more, the more aggressive and the, and the heavier sides of the album, like that song. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and just something, I mean, but like, it's just, uh, you can feel it though. It's that, that a raw, like emotion on those, on when you're, when you're screaming and like that and those, Mm -hmm. those lyrics and things. And so, uh, I think that's probably what draws me in more uh to those but again if you were doing that the whole record again it wouldn't it wouldn't have the same effect so it's like i love singing right like there was never going to be a band without me singing sure it, and it goes i'm not going to name the person but this goes back to me being like 16 years old and getting an aim message from someone saying i'll book your band if you stop singing and i was <laughs> like i'm never going to stop singing like i might stop screaming one day but i'm never going to stop singing yeah. so I, I think that song is kind of important to the overall record because, I mean, that was something we talked about, you know, Ian and I, we were like, we want to do a full length record, you know, in the past we had, you know, put out an EP and did a couple splits and it was like, we, we need to like, whether or not it's the fiscally responsible, uh, you know, thing, it wasn't <laughs> thing it wasn't. to do or, or whether or not it made sense as a band in 2000 and, I mean, well, we wrote that from, I would say, 17 through 19. And then 15. probably, well, yeah. yeah. 2015. I, I mean, 2000. It's, it's funny that, the, you know, I mean, it, it's easy to, to make a joke about the, you know, edge of 17 with it. But I remember specifically when, when Ian and I were jamming on that. And that was not a, a particularly great time either of us were having in regards to former things and that we had been dealing with. And it was like... You know, she was dark and weird as it could get, and the fact that we were even in that place jamming like had a <clears> definitely like audible vibe on everything. It's very like you can almost like you can hear the the embodiment of anxiety in, in, a, in a lot of the tunes. I feel like you know another thing too that was weird about the record is you know we started kind of experimenting with like tones and different you know guitar textures and drum textures and i started using an open tuning a lot and that's on the whole record and i feel like that just kind of like gives it a whether or not it's a good vibe for anybody but it has its own kind of like space i feel kind of sitting within that Mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean that song is definitely one of the i think it's cool to take things that are not traditionally the ingredients for something and then make it something else you yeah. know so, so like on the guitar and that it's like i can i mean if i wanted to sit and pick out all the things i heard in it it'd be like you know listing off all my my favorite bands over the years sure um but it's definitely i, I like that that's a, a mixture of kind of in terms of the more aggressive side there's a little bit of i think at the time there's a little bit of everything that we were pulling out yeah man well, you uh, you got a, uh, a date on the calendar so we can come out and see Distant Eyes live and uh, and jam with uh, with you to these songs. And we got uh, September tenth at the Conservatory here in Alton, Illinois. Mm-hmm. And uh, yep. yeah, you uh, are you guys headline is that it or are you? I think uh, so. Yeah. I think so. And then, um, we got, then you got Weed Tooth, eighty six Red, Daisy Chain, and then. Uh, Ian's doing a set too, right? Oh yeah, so, yeah double, double double dipping, huh? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so yeah, that's gonna be a fun night, and uh, I guess uh, is that I don't know how I haven't actually made it out to the conservatory. I've been meaning to because there's a, there's a lot of cool shout shows. Out Justin, Fantastic. Really, really, yeah. Shout out all the homies, really, really, all the homies. Cool. Yeah. It's great sound, great art, great drinks. Oh yeah, 
That's, can we get uh can we get tickets before or is it cash at the door or how's that yeah probably just, just do, do cash yeah. at the door all right tip your bartenders out there yeah. the homies um but yeah so you, obviously um you guys put us out right before the world shut down yep. and uh <laughs> so obviously it wasn't ideal to be able to promote a record you know having uh having you know be able to play shows and all the other things so you guys have been struggling with, with that for the last two years but uh now that you're getting to play shows and you're getting to play these songs in front of people um what do you uh i'm, I'm guessing um, do you have a is there a particular song that you notice that gets a big response uh or pops more than uh than anything else uh willow mm-hmm. willow yeah it usually close with willow yeah. yeah willow always gets a good response to me uh Pleasure to Burn, 29 Palms, too. 29 Palms was the first single. Pleasure to Burn was the second. Yeah. So those two have always been kind of in staples. And then, honestly, like the newer songs, but we'll get to that later. Yeah. I just uh, I just think that's, you know, obviously got to be a, a super cool experience finally, like, you know, getting to – you guys got to do a little bit, as you're, I'm sure, before everything, as you were recording and everything else, but, but like, obviously – officially being able to promote the record at your shows and everything else like uh getting to play these live in front of people and it's a probably a whole different thing now yeah um it, i think in terms of the the record and kind of what it means to us and you know maybe other people as they discover it but a lot of crazy shit happened throughout the pandemic right. you know in general but especially you know in our vicinities you know in our own personal lives and so i think you know the band is kind of taken taken you know many forms i think it's been form of escapism for me from from things that have been bad and yeah. it's been you know something positive to focus on when things have been a little crazy man i always uh <clears throat> i always kind of looked at music that way a lot too um you know like concerts are where i go to feel alive and i you know like escape all my bullshit you know from the work mm-hmm. week and everything else 100. Uh, but i uh i went to see uh jj gray and mofro a while back and big fan of them and uh and jj said something along the lines like that it's not where you go to escape it's where you go to feel uh, where it's where you go to feel alive and stuff and it's like the, that's reality like the rest of the stuff's the you know the bullshit and it's like mm-hmm. and i was like i don't know man that's really uh meant a lot and that's how i feel like i mean it really put it in perspective and and uh because like uh you know working the day job stuff uh you know obviously necessity but uh when it's it's nice when you can go out and see your friends and jam to some tunes and and uh, make you feel so i think i think with protovox though like going back to when we were like when i was writing lyrics to it and we were jamming to it the co like covid really sucked because it was such an important thing to all four of us because when i walked in ian was like i have this vision like this is like what I would see like you doing. And basically it's just like, it's like a portrait of like the town of what we were doing. And it, it hurt a lot because things just, for me at least things gradually got worse as it would, as it was going on. And I mean like with like drugs and alcohol escapism, just bad things happening to me and just dealing with things the wrong way. Like Protovox was a way out for me. And then when it was done, like I love recording 
I love practicing, but like I I feel alive when I'm playing a show. Like right. and like you know like Brett showed me a text message the other night from one of the homies in Daisy Chain that like was talking about me. He was like, you know, he was like Bradley doesn't say anything at all when he's off stage and just like is like so like timid and just in the corner and then gets on stage and loses his shit and it's just like them like very elusive like yeah. I mean but like you know I mean I can't like I agree with that because but like I can't explain it but going through everything that that record like brought with it and being proud of something for the first time in a long time in my life and then not having any control over being able to push it like really really hurt me yeah. personally and things got progressively worse for me as 2020 went and like it's nice now because i kind of feel like i have like a get back so every time i like go on like i play every i play like i don't know if everyone says this but like i've had bands where like i've played a show and not known it was my last show you know what i mean like when i play with dissonance like i go on stage and i play every show like i'm gonna die tomorrow like it's just that's me like that's what i do like it's not always in line. It's not always perfect. But, you know, like I've said time and time again, like if you want to hear this album perfect, like buy the record or stream it, stay at home and listen to the album because you're not going to get that album when you come see us live. Yeah. And like Protovox is just it's a big part of all of us. And it really is like I tried my best to encapsulate what it was like to be somebody not from here being dropped in here and just showing everybody what it looks like from somebody that hasn't always been here those are my favorite parts of the album because i'm so, not from here either yeah like anytime you start talking about that stuff yeah. that's always the stuff that resonates with me and, and I, like i know you were sort of talking about you know it's a more outwardly expressive thing than inwardly well there's always gonna be yeah. tinges of me but like, like in it you know well, but, but that was always my favorite part of i was always writing for all i was writing for all of us because a, a big thing with Protovox, like almost every song, Ian and I would like be out like at the bar, at the party, at a show, and we'd be smoking or drinking, whatever, talking to people, and we'd hear people say something, and we would write it down, and like all, there's almost two or three lines from every song that's from somebody that we know. So like collectively, like there's at least ten people I can think of off the top of my head for sure that have said something that is something that I sang or screamed on that album. So, I mean, I took more than just like the vibe of like Alton and I took like from the people that I was meeting and that like, I'll always be grateful for the people that was, that were around us that are still around us. You know, some mm -hmm. of them are gone. Some of them are new, but I mean, I owe a lot to the people that like, you know, like, like our orbit and the people we orbit and the other bands in town and just like the music scene in general, like I, I grabbed from a lot of different things to try and paint a picture of how I saw it, but making sure I didn't leave out certain colors, like while I was doing so. Yeah, man. Well, very cool. Uh, well, again, you can find it, uh, streaming everywhere. You have, uh, um, links to purchase it uh in physical form on cd or tape mm -hmm, uh, which mm -hmm. i think is cool like uh i'm uh, always a sucker for collecting physicals so and uh it's fun to see that uh you have those options and um but yeah so check out uh distant eyes on your facebook instagram and twitter 
and uh, you got your band camp and uh, Big Cartel has the T-shirts mm-hmm. and all kinds of stuff. You can get, I'll link it all up on uh, on the web, my website. But uh, be sure to get plugged in with everything. Um, but uh, speaking of this uh, record, also uh, you guys just recently released a brand new music video to go along with it and uh song you want to handle that a song called river bent uh which is also uh appears on the album and uh let's uh let's talk about uh this song and video how this all come about yeah we uh it's it's a very it's a very uh image forward song and it definitely was a song that like stuck in my head a lot and uh the point in time that it seemed to be uh getting finished up and it'd been quite a long time. We were stitching bits and pieces together uh, for the song, and it just came together so perfectly with uh, just the things that were kind of playing out uh, during that that period of time. And uh, we're able to just we, we, it just like felt like it needed something a little bit more candid, a little bit more just like uh, life in the day of sort of situation, I guess. Um, yeah. And yeah, it seemed it seemed like a fun thing to do, and on, we were just so tied on budget after putting that whole record out. And I think you know we were finishing out like we finished that out through the pandemic, so it was just like the only thing we could do really, because it was like we spent years finishing that up, and then the pandemic happened, so all we could do was just bullshit around town <laughs> and uh, take bits and pieces of video for that.
so, somehow that's the perfect song for it though it yeah. really is and like what 100%. i was just what i was just saying like everything that i said to you about the encapsulation and painting a picture like if you want to know where i was where we were at that point in time writing that album riverbend is the song that defines that that riverbend is the song that defines the album to yeah. me like that that's that's what everything is about i mean there's I, I mean, realist. I, I wrote it one day at 7.30 in the morning when Brett and I were sitting outside. It was raining. I went back into my room when I should have went to sleep and started writing the rest of the lyrics. And I'm, there's so much uh, that I just, I want, there's two, two parts of it specifically. Uh, there's a line of the second verse where I said, like I told you, I'm from the country. So like the second verse is uh, pulled each foot from the fields, hit the banks and lost control when talking about the river and the banks and everything like that imagery. Like every time I sing that line, like I just get weak. And then, uh, you know, with my own situation, like the the ending of that song, Ian whispers, I burnt every bridge you can take from me. Thought you drowned below, but you're too shallow. And then I go into I was going with the flow, but I must have washed away. Because, I mean, like, I was riding that record looking at the Mississippi River every day. Like, I would be at the bar, like, at the table, like, riding and see it out the window. You know, like, that, I mean, that that song is, that song to me is Protovox. Like, yeah. it, like, personally. I don't know about you guys, but. Yeah, man. But, uh, but anyways, the video. I apologize. <laughs> oh, <you're hurt. laughs> Do you feel like, uh. I don't know. I feel like there's something about river towns that like do inspire more. And I don't, I mean, I don't let's but, ask miles Davis. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, I like, there's like, you, you know, obviously you look at some of the, the great uh, music cities over the years, you know, like you can fall right up the Mississippi. I mean, it's legacy that mm. the great blues players, uh, you know, left, uh, you know, that started, uh, you know, jazz and, you know, like New Orleans and stuff and come up the river, uh, you know, and like we, well, St. Louis is rich in history uh, for for music, obviously. And, you know, uh, I just feel like there's something about river towns. I don't know. Definitely. But Yeah, I never thought of that. Well, there's like a transient nature to so many of the people who choose to live here or who live here for times in their lives, you know, like, and that's like it's baked into the history of the place because it was only ever meant to be a stopping point to somewhere else, right. you know, and so if that's baked into the DNA of the people, what does that say about the people who chose to stay? If their idea was to go somewhere else and probably not here or wherever else on their journey, if they get to a spot and they stop like what does it say about that spot what does it say about those people and then what does that say about the generation of people that come after those people you know and like that sort of ends up baked into all of these places of like just sort of an accidental sort of population mm -hmm. nature to so many of the things and like all of it is by chance and rather than design you know like anybody who's ever tried to walk the streets of alton knows that it wasn't by design <laughs> yeah. you know but like to to have that idea of like it's both a destination and a stopping point along the way to somewhere else like baked into the idea of a place like i think it affects the kind of people who find home here like it's it says something very specifically about the kind of person who then knowing all that chooses to make this place home and like yeah. chooses not only to make this place home but to make art 
around the idea of that place and to adapt that into their own personal identity. Right. right. Um, and so like, that's, that's the thing with river and you know, like any, like try to, you know, you can't disengage someone from new Orleans pride if they're from new Orleans, you know, it's, it's that it's the same idea just writ large. Right. right. Or I guess in the opposite direction. So writ small, um, you know, Mm-hmm. Ian captured that really well too with mm-hmm. I didn't mean to cut you off but he captured mm-hmm. that really well with uh, the way that he recorded the video so what was uh what was the pizza you were eating in the in the video oh, oh Lincoln <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna bet cash money that was a cheese DiGiorno yeah <laughs> Lincoln was also a roomie he, he lives here too now he's it's weird we were living in the uh, the front street apartment Bradley that's referenced and then Lincoln moved in with his girlfriend and then they took the other apartment here and then ian and i took the other apartment here so yeah, yeah we, we were literally talking to him when you pulled up tonight yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. shout out lincoln yeah. shout out lincoln i just uh i'm, I'm a big fan of pizza so it caught my attention oh, hell yeah. like, hey yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah we, we we eat a lot of pizza yeah man you had some uh, pizza right before this. Uh, yeah. The Domino's King is right to my left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're also known as the Domino's Collective. So. Or the or, Oasis Boys, yeah. depending on which bar we're walking into or yeah, out of. For sure. <laughs> but I the the Ian just Ian recorded a bunch of just snippets on his phone mm-hmm. of us around of himself like just filming things in Alton like just views that mean a lot to him and put it together and when I listen to that song and watch that video it just takes me immediately back to 2018 and the the thing I love about the video too is that it's not like I don't know it's not as if we put the album out sat around for a year and then we went oh we need to make a video for that now let's all go out and film ourselves being goofy like all of the footage that's in that video is from that time period that was just randomly collected and mm-hmm. most of it was edited together at some point along 2020 and then we just kind of sat on it for a while because we, we were just kind of on the fence of like is this even going to work like if someone sees us like it's not you know like it's not this big flashy thing all it is is an encapsulation of the lyric that you're listening to right. and of the people who made it and of their lives every day which is what the song is you know and so there was no it's not like there's any new footage that's like found and spliced into that like that is very much like vintage the the newest thing in there is from like the first tour of the apartment we got like over a year ago. yeah sure. yeah, oh, yeah like you know yeah. Which is why I'm barely in the video. <laughs> it's weird. I never thought the, like the location would would be so critical for us, but it has been. And I feel like we've been really lucky as far as you know having practice spaces in in town, and even getting the practice space here took, I would say, quite a bit of coincidence and luck. Uh, for sure, I, mean, I wouldn't if, say that. Well, I mean, I mean, if, if you didn't work here, you know, <laughs> but if, I if, you, if you did not have affiliations, but. You know, had that not been available to us, I don't know if we'd be sitting here right now having this conversation. Because, right. I mean, you lose a practice space. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, what do you do? Yeah. If I didn't exist or wasn't employed. <laughs> right. You guys recorded everything with uh, Alex at Lighthouse, right? Yep. yep. Yeah. Shout out. How, how was that experience? It was good. Yeah. Uh, I think my one thing that I taken away from that um well not one i've taken a lot away from it um but we are never ever doing a record again where we recorded over like 
three years like that yeah. this next fucking record is gonna be like we got a week <laughs> we're gonna be in here this amount of time That's and when I that said, fucking though. clock is done at the last day that is it yeah. Yeah. Like, that is it um you know i think every time you go and record body of something like that you take a lot of experience away from it sure. you know alex uh i mean beyond being our bud you know he's He's a, came a really long way. He's a great engineer. I think he did a great job on the record. I think, you know, no matter what, that's going to be something that, you know, has been a you know pivotal, pivotal experience for us. You know, when we go to do the next one, you know, everything we learned from that, you know, good and bad, and or I shouldn't say bad, but good and things that. We oh, there's a lot of bad. <laughs> well, I'll let you comment there. I guess but I don't need you. I will say like. Like, even though it did take much longer than it should have, like, it was only because we were fortunate enough to be rehearsing there and being really good friends with the guy yeah. who was running. The, like, it, it was such a blessing we to really, be able to yes. do that. Because if we had went in and, like, released the first version of some of those things were recorded, because there was a few different times we went in to record those songs and, like, would come out and we're just like, why isn't this working? Like, what is it? How is what we're doing downstairs in this same building not translating to the floor above us like right. and so there's yeah. a lot of back and forth about like what works for us sonically what works for us trying to capture like just the feel and like the authenticity of the music that we're attempting to you know put out for people and like it was only because we were such good friends with the people who were doing the recording for us that we had that opportunity they, to go back or to analyze more than we would have otherwise had and like i don't know there's upsides and downsides to being able to have space to analyze what you're trying to do in an artistic situation of course but i feel like for us it really did benefit because mm -hmm. um, otherwise it would just it would have been fine but it, it wouldn't have been authentic to who we are yeah i don't feel like I, they definitely were looking out for us and for the final product of the record for it to be the best thing that it could be you know and I think something that I struggled with initially was something that Brad commented on earlier about, you know, if you want to see a band play a record perfectly front to back at a live show, I mean, that's not us. I mean, we, we went from trying to record to a click track and it was like trying to take songs that were never ever played with a click track and then put them to a click. And that I just forgot kinda, all about that. That was a that, nightmare. Oh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's, and it's like, I mean that, that whole process there, like we were spinning tires on it a little bit. It's like, this doesn't work, you know? And, you know, Bradley and, and we were all just sitting around kind of like, you know, light switch, you know? And then we went in there, you know, one of the, I remember one of the sessions we had, we went in there and, you know all the guitars were direct in the bass was direct in and we just kind of like live tracked the drums for everything and it was like oh fuck this works this is it yeah we ended up just yeah. live tracking drums and bass at the same time yeah and one it's, day shout out kyle noonan yeah, yeah shout out sure. kyle noonan thank you for, for that sure. idea because you saved that fucking album yeah, yeah dude yeah i mean it's it's safe to say that we probably would have came to that conclusion without him but it would we'd probably still be having debates about it instead yeah. of having the re yeah. <laughs> the record out still but i mean i think some of the stuff that we pull from you know like influence wise you know things that we love i mean that's kind of the ethos behind them it's like you know like we always you know reference like oh go watch at the drive-in on on letterman you know like that is not it's just like a crazy you know raw you know going to the going to the walls performance or something right. it's like I mean, we're not gonna do that i mean my big ass isn't at least but i'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna try to i'm gonna have fun with yeah. it but <clears throat> that was 
definitely something that I think uh, we'll try to do a little bit differently as we're writing and demoing and, you know, just kind of more methodical about what we're doing versus then, which was a little bit, it's a little bit chaos. So I think that was kind of, kind of the theme of what was going on. You can hear it in the album. Yeah, man, absolutely. What about uh, you guys? And obviously, uh, you had a couple years now to off uh, getting you guys thinking hitting the studio again soon, or what's uh, hopefully? Yeah, yeah, hopefully. working on the new whatever it's going to be. Right, yeah. been taking our time flushing out these new ones. Sure, you know, after the pandemic, I feel like honestly, speaking for all of us after spending so many years and honestly so much money on something like that and then not having like the instant gratification that you get from like a normal release of of a piece of music it took the fire that kind of lights under your ass away by the time we're able to get back out there and that kind of like gave a charm to the new stuff in a way because there was like it was almost like a second go at writing something for the first time without the context of like it being a sophomore release in a way because yeah, so much time had passed a really good it, way it really does it. feel like a a first album again it yeah. also, a lot of ways, it also yeah. is because we're all writing it instead yeah. of just yeah. being in 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 uh brett like working on it by themselves like it's the first effort that we're doing where all four of us have any sort of say so and like it coming to fruition i mean it's kind of like changed the whole process for the better in my opinion you know i find yeah for sure you know creating you know riffs or whatnot or throwing riffs out to everybody it's like you know I'm, i'm way less inclined to like you know use pedals you know, that sounds weird, but, you know, for other guitar players, it's like, you know, you might take a real, it's like, oh, I wrote this with this thing, you know, this one's, it's like, you know, I think there was delay and just crazy effects on everything on the, on the, on Protovox, on all the tracks. And this one, I think there's only, you know, substantial effect use on, on one part of one thing. So it's way more kind of stripped back and, and raw and feels more vulnerable and more kind of like, you know, big rock songs that sound like us, but, you know, kind of less, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, Ian? Uh, it feels more mature. It just feels like, you it know. Sounds it sounds like us, m- but better. Much much more cohesive. <laughs> really sure. yeah. Everybody yeah. that's talked to me after shows, we because we played two of the new songs in the live set now, yeah. and I've had at least two or three people come up to me and they'd be like, it sounds like you guys, but better. And right. like, if that's a compliment, I, I mean, that's well, the best compliment yeah, you can I'll get for a, a sophomore effort, sure. for sure. I mean, that's I mean everything you described in the studio. I mean, that's a like you're saying, it's a learning experience. You're always going to get bigger, faster, stronger. You know, that's the goal. Like, and so hopefully the next record's even better than the first. And well, don't get us wrong. I mean, right. we were hammered. I was, on, <laughs> right. I was on so much cocaine. I would show up to sessions with no lyrics, like you know, like just like straight fucking off. And like what Jacob said about if if Alex wasn't our homie, they would have told me to get the fuck out of the studio. Right. You know, and I mean, like you can hear all of that on the album, but like going forward, like there's a lot that I've learned about just being a respectful fucking musician. You know what I mean? Like, and taking our work serious because like after a certain period, like I was just fucking stoked that I was in a band and I was just ready to go. You know, like constantly. And like you use that as an excuse to do dumb shit. 
And you know, that was co that was a coping mechanism for other things that I was not handling. But you know, like when you're in a band, it's really easy to do that. Like, because like, you know, like it's, that's, I mean, that's, I'm in a band. Do you have any songs? Trivial. Trivial. No, <laughs> yeah. no, no. I'm in a band. I have an eight ball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, one of our, uh, you know, we got to give a shout out to, to Don and Penny's in town. Our, our buddy Bill there, he was talking to Bradley and I one night and he's like, I, I know people listening to this won't get the visual that that you will. But he was like, you know, you guys, you don't sound like Motley Crue, but you know, you just, you know, like. <laughs> and just like held his hands around just, us and like parentheses. I, I mean, like, we've we've lived through some substantial rock and roll cliches. I mean, it's 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 kind of sad, but it was fun and come back to life more times than Nikki Six. I mean, yeah. And you're still better mm -hmm. at bass. I'm still better at bass. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I didn't say that. That was Jake's idea. Uh, I'm not better than we, Nikki Six. So please, everyone, calm down. Uh, yo, I fuck with Nikki Six. Uh, you know. Uh, well, again, uh, check out the full album uh, wherever you're getting your music at, and uh, pick up a CD or tape copy, and a T-shirt, and come out to the show on September 10th at uh, the Conservatory, and have a real good time. Uh, I got a couple questions for you guys. I've been having, having fun driving around town asking some of these and uh, get your guys' take on. Uh, but uh, what's a song that always gets stuck in your head? Do you guys, uh, do you guys have something that's been on repeat today or <laughs> recently? It's funny today? Should, today, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you? Uh, Brett saw a guy on a motorcycle listening to Mirrors by Justin Timberlake <laughs> and sent that to me in Snapchat and I've been listening to that song all day. We've so. been humming it since we've, since we've been hanging out at like yes. six. One, one, one of up. the two of us have been humming it under right. our breath. And that's the beauty of living here. I'm just working, it's funny on the, on the like, patio and I'm like, there's this, <laughs> this wild looking motherfucker on a motorcycle just, you know, just got Justin Timberlake blasting. Yeah. Oh. Like, and, you know, there's a good deal of like 50 yards. Like, I mean, he's got this loud. And I, so I'm like, obviously, I'm going to Snapchat this, you know. It's so funny because, like, I, I was going to say it earlier, but, like, the weirdest part about us being in a band together is that none of us like any of the music the other one. Oh, like, yeah. we all, we all, all hate we do is just though. hate on everything that the other three like. <laughs> that's like, true. That's it. Yeah. There's maybe like five, call it ten bands that we all agree are like unassailably good, and we love them completely. And then there's just every, and none of those bands make any sense. Like our number one band as a group is probably what Oasis. Like yeah, it's <laughs> I, the maybe weirdest Mars thing. Volta. Mars Volta maybe probably like, that's definitely Chiodos. maybe. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I'm not going <laughs> to give Cheetos that endorsement. You wouldn't do it just because people are going to hear this. <laughs> no, that's not true. Facts. And then it's like, then it's just random songs from there. Zombie by the Cranberries, the Thong song. Like, it's it's all, all the hits. All of Jack a Little Pill by Lance Absolutely. Yep. Yep. I'm that sorry, we completely hard. deviated back from your hard. question. I apologize. <laughs> Jack a Little Pill. I, uh, what's the story morning like those those are the most important <laughs> yeah ones. a bunch of records that if you're like yo what do you like it doesn't sound anything like dissonance yeah nothing <laughs> that sounds like anything we actually make i just got to see alanis over the summer hell yeah hell yeah uh getting a lot of feedback again we've been good for like since we quit talking about spirits. The ghosts fuck with Atlantis. Yeah, Everyone right. yeah, knows this. 
There's something going on. Uh, I'm going to power through this and see if we can... Uh, Alright, Nate comes along. We have some... Dude, I don't know, man. Oh, shit. That's weird. It sounds all static. It's the static, the same static from... Uh... Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, now we're done again. I don't know. Mm, we can we cut don't around know that. Yeah. I don't know if it's a phone or what. I don't know. But I, something's... Didn't, I didn't take my sh no, mine's on the airplane. Something's mine. Alright. Uh, day comes along, we have some distant eyes action figures come out. What would you guys like <laughs> to see? This. Yeah, what would you guys like to see as your three accessories? To go with your action figure. I know. Can I go first. Off tops, I want that pizza shooter thing that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles yeah. ones had, the Hell little yeah. disc pizza thing. Like off tops, I want that. I call dibs on that. <laughs> so are we talking about like three for for each person? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, typically maybe we can we can improvise uh, if we. If you... Mine would be Amir, the Buster Rifle from <laughs> Wing Zero, <laughs> and. Probably some sunglasses. So yeah, mirror, Buster rifle, and sunglasses. I was gonna say my Ray Bans, uh, a miniature Bombay Sapphire bottle, and a miniature Jazz Master. <laughs> no Baja Blast coat. Well, maybe we could. I mean, I'll I take know. the Baja Blast because I got the pizza pack. shooter on deck. You know, I mean, like, could we advertise on the package that it's a Baja Blast with gin? <laughs> <laughs> that would be preferable. Yeah, kids love it. They do. Yeah. I think mine would probably be uh, a pack of camel blue I shorts. <laughs> First and foremost, a really resonated bowl that like everyone's gonna tell me to clean. <laughs> smoke anyway. And a dented Budweiser. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Wait, there's no coffee in that. There's more than likely a coffee add-on pack too, but that came out later because yeah. I wasn't done brewing it yet. Sold separately. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. Just a ridiculous thing to think about. Uh, <laughs> <That's good. laughs> uh, it's fun. Um, all right. Uh, what if, uh, say there's uh, something you guys as a band could get into the Guinness Book of World Records for. What do you think it might be? Oh, wow. <laughs> this is a dangerous question. <laughs> Most Taco Bell consumed by foreign people. <laughs> I feel comfortable with that one. Yeah. No, we'll just leave it at that one. A Taco Bell and or Baja Blast record of some variety. Right. Yeah, for sure. How Dude, many times your teeth can get fixed for drinking <laughs> Baja Blast all the time? We're on number three right now. So. <laughs> Shout out to Baja Blast. Hell yeah. Taco Hell Bell Baja yeah. Blast. Yeah. How many empty rooms can you play to? <laughs> <laughs> oh. I think we got that one on lock. Yeah. Perhaps. All right. Um, all right. So the day comes along. We have a distantized biopic. Who would you guys like to see cast to play you in the movie version? Uh, is there any you guys? Uh, We're going to have to bring him back from the dead, but I call John Belushi. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Steven or, Tyler yeah, for Steven Bradley Tyler for, for sure. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like I feel like he played him in his biopic. 
That's good. That's a good uh, point. Daniel Radcliffe is definitely Jacob. I well, I was gonna say like three years ago, I would have definitely said Ezra Miller, but he's <laughs> Ezra's <laughs> not doing so hot. <laughs> Ezra's not doing so hot these days. Um, I go and, Joseph uh, Gordon-Levitt. That's usually a safe bet for uh, me. Uh, yeah, yeah him and I look weirdly alike, actually. So that you works. know, I was gonna say Christian Bale for me. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else sees that. <laughs> I see it myself. What about Ian? What? Was, what do you? What was do you that guy that's in that uh, true? What is yeah, Matthew McConaughey? <laughs> Matthew McConaughey, but McConaughey. from season one of True, true Detective, Detective. Yeah. Yeah. as Rust Cole, Absolutely. as Ian. Yeah, it's a, it's a very yeah. it's a layered role. Yeah. But, yeah, there we go. You know, I don't think everybody will like our record, but if we had a biopic, it, people would watch that. That's yeah. absolutely true. Hundred percent. Yeah. People watch dumber <laughs> rock and roll movies like that <laughs> Sex Pistols movie. <laughs> It would be better than the Sex Pistols movie. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> All right. What about a um, dream duet or collaboration? Is there a certain somebody the band would? I mean, obviously, you guys said you were all over the place with your your music individually, but as a band, is there certain people you think about that would be fun to to bring in the fold? Hmm. Mm. I, I, I gotta say, Alanis Morissette again. Like, yeah. Gotta say, I was gonna say something tangible like we should go do that Kurt Ballou record, but no, like let's shoot for the stars, man. Well, yeah, okay. the great it's white like, north. I'm it's not drinking big enough. My vote's on Jimmy Buffett, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> my man's trying to get free flip flops down there. Yeah, I don't know how much it costs for a little Uzi Vert feature, but <laughs> you know, Dave Grohl's he, maybe Dave Grohl. No, I, I don't, that's, that's I take that back. I take that back immediately. Um, I'm gonna say Johnny Marr. On my behalf, yeah, you would. I just want to hear Alanis and you wail together. Like that's what I want to hear. The two of you singing at the same time. <laughs> yeah, that's all. Yeah, yeah. Let's make that happen. <laughs> do you, uh, do any of you do any celebrity impressions? Um, I can kind of do. Uh, I can do LeFou from Beauty and the Beast. Um, like okay. Um, I haven't done it in a while, so I kind of don't remember. Much of the much of LeFou's dialogue, but um, I don't know. I don't want to blow out the mic, but like, <laughs> I don't know what girl wouldn't want you, Gaston. You're the greatest hunter in the whole wide world. <laughs> like, I kind of got that like weirdly good. I did that to the Gaston at Disney World, and he gave me the weirdest look, and then asked me how many eggs I could carry for him, like how many dozens of eggs that I could carry for him. So that was a very cringe moment in my life because I was like 27. You would go to Disney World. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I got. Uh, what was it? Uh, what was the question? Impressions. Oh, my impression is ever, is Aladdin. That's because I only steal what I can't afford, and that's everything. <laughs> uh, I only really do a good Bradley impression. That's yeah, not... yeah. I can do the uh, give me a chicken sandwich and some waffle fries for free, guy. <laughs> <laughs> for free. No, she was. <laughs> what I smell like. <laughs> 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 do you do any celebrity impressions it's a very uh, specific question to ask right no i i'm i'm just uh i do really appreciate uh voices like just uh cartoon voices characters and like i don't know i can i feel like i can like mimic like 
even uh, musical impressions. Like if I hear voices, like I feel like I can mimic them pretty well. As far as like an, doing impressions, like I feel like you need to be in that character and be able to create in that character. And I, I don't do that. I can, if I hear a line, I can re- feel like I can mimic it pretty well and stuff. But uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it's fun. Uh, voice, I don't know, just voices are interesting to me. And it's funny to, mm-hmm. especially like I said, what different getting into like uh, learning all the different, cartoon voice actors and stuff from like spongebob and and uh, you know stuff like that and um you know those guys a lot of those guys like in like you know a bunch of them worked on ren and stimpy and stuff too or whatever they all work on a lot of the same shows and stuff and it's just fun to see what all those guys have done with their careers watching ren and stimpy as an adult and you questions. realize the shit you were watching as a child <laughs> i have questions Sorry. whoa yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like whoa yeah. But uh, like Patrick Warburton, uh, you know, all the, um, from, you know, whether it's Family Guy or, you know, whatever, he does, you know, he's a, one of my favorite voices and stuff. And But I don't know. It's just something that it's funny to think about, like the different. And plus, it's fun to put people on the spot like yourself to mm-hmm. see if you'll actually do it or not. And like, uh, so. He's been so soft spoken this whole podcast and just fucking <laughs> busted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm impressed. Right. <laughs> Do you guys not know yeah. I could do that? No. <laughs> I guess it's from fucking Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, it no. doesn't come up very much. Never watched Beauty and the Beast together. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, one more. What about a uh, a fictional band you would love to see live? Is there like uh, for movies or TV or anything? Oh, like is it? This is easy. Yeah. Powerline from a Goofy movie. Oh Absolutely. yeah. Uh, like <laughs> no. I second that. Like. Yeah. Yo, I, what, I, are you kidding? Get like, out of here. Yo, what was that band from Doug? Oh, the Beats. The Beats. The fucking Beats. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Powerline. No cap. Yeah. I agree. Bussin'. Um, you got one again? Samurai from Cyberpunk 2077 with is, Keanu Reeves. Yo, one time yeah. Ian and I did Refused as an, at an undercover <laughs> weekend. Here we go. Okay. That <laughs> shit they did for Cyberpunk was cooler than probably any of the fucking new refused records. I'll go on record and say that. I love them all, but that shit went hard for video game soundtrack. Yeah, man. The game fucking sucked, though. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, guys, uh, this has been a ton of fun. I'm really uh, glad we did this today, and uh, I'm glad we joined by some spirits, potentially, on this recording. (laughs) Um, Shout out. Yeah, uh, but... uh, this uh this was cool, man. Really, uh, like I said, a lot of fun getting to know you all a little better, and uh, hopefully, some people will get out there and uh, join us uh, on September 10th and uh, come see it live. Thanks for coming Absolutely. all the way over here. Yeah, appreciate you. Yeah, happy to help. Uh, and uh, again, uh, Mavera, uh, how you say? Oh, Mavis Coffee. Mavis, mm-hmm. yeah, Mavis Coffee. Shout out. Uh, come over here, uh, beautiful Alton, Illinois, and get yourself some coffee. Come wrap Absolutely. that shit out of the door and watch Ian make it all for you by himself. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Takes the shirt off and everything. It's <laughs> they do know that. How do you know that? <laughs> <laughs> People say that literally. We get like four songs into our set. It's like, take your shirt off. It's like the highlight of our set. Is like, Ian I taking know his you motherfuckers aren't talking to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right. Uh, well, thank you all, and uh, hopefully we can do this again real soon. This was For a good, sure. good time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Bye, everyone. Later. Later. Later.